Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Well, hey, and a holler and a ring around the collar. Welcome to a brand new Good Game Nice Try. It's oh the boy. least favorite intro, the cowboy yeah. intro. I think uh, Jen and Sonia absolutely hate it, but I do it anyway. Yeehaw! Happy Friday. <laughs> I just never know. I never know what direction it's going to go. But you do know it's going to be a bad direction. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sonia Reed, uh, my esteemed uh, co-host, uh, how are you doing on this lovely Friday afternoon? I'm big chilling. I'm big chilling. Okay. Playing a lot of Pokemon. Whoa. Nothing too crazy. You which know, one? the huge. Which poke? Which Pokemon? Which poke? As which, the, as the insiders what are, what say. What do they say? Which which pokey? Which pokey <laughs> you you play? What do they say? What do the kids say? <laughs> that's what that's what, what they say. What Keep mo- going. What, okay. <laughs> which model? <laughs> which model? Which mon? Which mon? Which mons? <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Call the call an ambulance. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's stroking out or dipping out of the Zoom call, but uh, uh, the new the new one, the Pokemon Legends. Ah, yeah. Right, right. I kind of think, don't you think with new Pokemon games, they're just like, what should we call this one? I don't know. Pick a cool word. Pokemon Epic. Pokemon <laughs> Rectangular. Pokemon Dode- Dodecahedron. Pokemon Emotions. Pokemon Love. You could just, it goes on forever. What is What makes Pokemon Legends legendary? Honestly, okay, so it's it's kind of, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to almost immediately redact it. So I feel like it's the Pokemon game that I've been wanting for a really long time because it is like an open world Pokemon game. You can literally run around this entire map and just go and catch Pokemon at your will. Asterisk. Okay. So it seems on paper, it seems like the Pokemon game that, and I'm such a sucker for like grindy games. I love, I I love the, I love the grind. So if, if I can go out, spend like five hours and just, you know, beat my Pokemon to hell and make them super strong. I feel like that's, that's my ideal. That's my ideal. However, I don't want to have a huge beef with a game that is literally made for a, a much younger audience, but. Sounds like there's beef. Beef is a coming. I'm about to serve it up. It is so handholdy. And the dialogue is so painful that getting through the first like hour of intros is like mind-numbingly painful. So maybe not. So maybe it not so like, legendary. Well, when they say legendary, maybe they just mean legendary exp- exposition. Mm. You know, mm. it was originally the working title was Pokemon Unnecessary, but then they <laughs> changed it to Legendary to talk about the exposition. What makes it legendary, dude? That sounds like it should be called Pokemon World. Yeah, that yeah, that's a better legendary. summary. I feel like legend was pushing it a little too far. Legend seems like legend. If it's going to be legend, bring <laughs> back all the old, the greatest hits of Pokemon. Don't make a new thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Like, I feel like, you. Call it what it is. You're just naming things arbitrarily. Pokemon <laughs> Blue, Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Mauve, Pokemon Teal. I don't care. I'm still waiting for Teal, to be honest. At least Pokemon Go, like, had, like, go outside. Yeah, you know, that like, sense. walk around. It, Market, it made, that's the, the only Pokemon. Made sense. Only Pokemon that, ma- that made sense to me. What would you retitle this one, then? Just world, or? If, it's a, if you're walking around in a, in a giant world, call it Pokemon World. What's the it big deal? It makes sense. Yep. What's the big deal? What are they going to call the greatest hits now? Pokemon Legends 2? More Legends? You know? <gasps> well, it's like, what's the album where it's like a greatest hits volume, whatever? Right. Why, don't, <laughs> exactly. why don't we just have, yeah, why don't we yeah. just take that format? Yeah, just call it, now that's what I call Pokemon, volume <laughs> 18. Volume 18. <laughs> it just doesn't See? make any sense to me, you know? Like, it's just, anyway. I feel you. I'm sorry. I've never been into Pokemon and I never will be. And I don't you care. know what? That's the first, as soon as I started playing cares. this game, I think There's it was honestly Pokemon. like 45 minutes in. The first, one of the first thing I thought of was I don't think that Aaron would ever, if, if Aaron was to ever play a Pokemon game, yeah. this would be the last one because it would be the reason why he would, you would be like, yes, this is why I don't like Pokemon. It's well, one just, of the first things I thought of. The, the thing is, here's why I, you would think I would like Pokemon. I love cute little things. Yeah. I love, I love a Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. I love a, a Squirtle. Oh, I mean, wait, see, he knows his Pokemon. I know, I know yeah. Charizard. I know these um, things. But okay. but the thing is, I I think it turns me off because it's like, what is the story behind Pokemon? You got to be the very best, like no one ever has. Th- that see, that is the Pokemon. It's, it's gen- in Pokemon the generic. Pokemon generic. <laughs> that is the most generic story you could ever tell. Just be the best. Catch Fuck them you. all. Well, what no, does you that don't. Even mean? You don't have to. You also have to catch them all. You can't. You have to be the best and catch them all. That's so, a high bar. I don't know. It sounds like, <laughs> like that's not a story. That's a that's an action. That's a goal. So is be go. The, be, that's my point, dude. My point is with Pokemon. I, you would think I would like it, but the story is just lacking, man. And for mm-hmm. me, in games, story is key, absolutely key for me. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, look. I, not to come up with the perfect segue, but that's why I'm excited about our guest today because uh-huh. our guest is Daniel Mullins, who is the game developer behind Inscription. And Inscription to me is top five games of all time, but mm-hmm. it, it told a story that was compelling in a unique way. And to me, it is very much the opposite of Pokemon. Inscription also deals with a lot of animals that are really weird. Mantis God, Stoat, you know, like the weird, I don't know, flying grizzly bear amalgam thing that's a lizard, but it's also a fish. And you would think it is kind of like Pokemon, but it's where storytelling and weird animals meet back on the other side. And and that to me is why it's such a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pokemon just didn't doesn't get there for me. It just doesn't you. get there. It's just I weird. feel it. So anyway, but I am very excited today. Again, Daniel Mullins is our guest. He's the game dev behind Pony Island, uh, The Hex, and Inscription. And I just want to say this up top. Everyone listening, if you want a a truly unforgettable gaming experience, stop listening to this episode and go get Inscription. It's fantastic. If you go in blind, you have to go in blind. It's the best. But it opens up in ways that were completely unexpected to me. I, I beat it in three days. I was obsessed with it. I still am. But we are going to spoil... Mm-hmm. the crap out of this game. So it is going to be very spoily because, spoilery, because 
part of the joy of this game uh, and what I wanted, what we wanted to talk to Daniel Mullins about was like, how do you come up with this? How do you come up with a way to tell a story that's so unique and brilliant? And to do that, we had to spoil the whole game. So please go play Inscription. You will not regret it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and like I said, Pony Island and the Hex is other two games. Also fantastic. Also break the boundaries of what is possible in video games and storytelling uh, and, and, and break down genres in a really fun, unique way. Uh, and so that's it. I don't know. I got to say, uh, Pokemon, bad. Inscription, good. Here's our interview with Daniel Mullins. Hello, sir. Thank you for being here. Hey, yeah, great to be here. Now, I, I want to start with a, a very, a very quick anecdote. You know, Sonny and I ha have a lot of uh, our favorite people on this podcast. It's basically, Sonny, wouldn't you agree? This is just kind of an excuse for us to have our favorite, uh, most inspiring uh, uh, figures in gaming uh, to talk to. Yeah, we, we'll pick some favorites, and yeah. uh, it's a nice excuse to talk to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so we're talking to Ken Levine, uh, who created, you know, Bioshock and Bioshock, yeah, yeah. and you know, obviously you know, a, a Titan in game mm -hmm. Titan. And he, we were talking to him about what is inspiring him for his new project and, and what kind of the kinds of games he looks forward to the most and what excites him the most. And he brought up something I never heard of this game called inscription. Wow. That's the first I've heard that he played it. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And not only did, not only did he say he played it, he's like, I absolutely love it. He's like, it, it's so inspiring. And I, play a lot of indie games and, you know, I'm on itch.io and all this other stuff. And I never heard of inscriptions. So of course, Ken Levine is like, he's loving this game. I gotta, I gotta tear this thing open. Yeah. Uh, and for the next three days and nights, don't tell Conan that I wasn't sleeping while working for him, <laughs> but I totally enraptured with inscription. I mean, I, I bought like uh, 15, 16 copies, sent it to everyone I know. Nice. Uh, it is, uh, and truly like not, not only as a game, but just as a piece of art and a piece of entertainment. I, I think it stands tall among, um, you know, everything else that's being done out there. Uh, and I just want to, and so thank you for being here. Uh, of course, yeah. And, and I, I really just wanted to kind of pick your brain today about not just inscription, but your process, uh, what inspires you and all these other things. So, uh, you know, I, I know because I'm insane and, and did a ton of Googling uh, that inscription kind of originally came from uh, uh, something you made for a game jam. So could yeah. you talk a little bit about that? And for people who don't know what a game jam is, maybe explain what that is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, a community of people who make a game in a short period of time. It doesn't have to be a weekend, though a lot of them are uh, around that time frame. Sometimes it's a week or even a month. Uh, and usually you get a theme, um, something to a prompt that um, can inspire your ideas, but you're pretty free to go from there. And then um, I like the ones where there's like at least a, a little bit of a competitive aspect where at the end of it, uh, everyone who made a game rates other people's games. And then uh, you kind of get rated on different categories like how good the art is and audio and innovation and stuff. Uh, so uh, Sacrifices Must Be Made was um, the original version of inscription that was done for the Ludum Dare game, which was a two-day one that I did. And uh, it got really good feedback. And so like, not only within the jam, but even afterwards, as it just sat on itch.io, I would get uh, tons of comments and downloads on it. And, 
that was kind of uh, unique as far as my game jam projects go. Usually they're mostly looked at during the time of the jam. And then after that, it's kind of over. But this one kept getting traction. So I thought there was something. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, Ludum Dare has been around for a while. That's been a game jam that's been around for a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, when did you first get involved or what was your first inspiration to be like, you know, what, I'm going to jump into this game jam. I'm going to try it out. And what were early ones like versus uh, how you approach it now? Yeah. Um, my inspiration for doing it was a roommate that I had in university and he was always in his room uh, toying around with Unity and he would like, hey, look at this. And I'd be just amazed by what he was doing. And I, so I was so inspired by that. And I thought um, I would try doing game jam. The first one I ever did was um, uh, the Reddit hosted one called Bacon Game Jam. Uh, and I did a um, game about zebras ordering um, smoothies for some reason. And you like put the fruit in and make a smoothie. And then, but the first Loot and Dare one I did was, uh, I actually did really well in the first one. I got second place for the humor category. So I had a oh, strong wow. start, <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was like a Japanese game show with like, physics games that they're kind of like a warrior wear kind of thing with physics games, but wrapped in the idea of a Japanese game show. And I actually brutally cheated and I still feel bad about it. I didn't know about the rule about not using public domain music in the certain category. So I just used um, Kevin McLeod and Compatech, you know, the, the like really popular um, public domain music site. I used one of those music tracks in the game and then everyone told me that I had cheated and so I, I removed myself from the audio category but I still felt a little slimy about it because it made the whole game better to have the music it wasn't just audio that I, but uh, so that was my first experience of music there. <laughs> I mean it's wow. a strong start yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a strong start so now uh how many have you been to like how long ago was the first one and how many have you entered since yeah I think I've been I think it was about eight years ago or so that I did that first one. And I think I've done about 10, 11. And then um, I got first place. Time um, is weird, but I think it was last year for the year before. Um, uh, and I got number one overall in the compo category, which means that you did it in two days and you did it by yourself. So uh, that was a, an exciting achievement after doing it so many times. It's a big feat. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's your, what, what is kind of your... Because making games is, for somebody like me, really difficult. What is your strategy or thoughts going into a game jam to have such a short, um, you know, a, a short time to do so much? Um, I guess the strategy is just to use tools that I know really well and that I already use every day. So I'm not going to be getting stuck on anything um, and wasting time. It's going to be just like I'm going to be going the entire time. And I usually spend the first few hours in Photoshop kind of mocking up a visual style or like kind of making the scene that is going to predominate the game visually. And then I, if it's good, that's great. And if it's not, I still don't have much time. So I just have to go with it. And so um, then I take the art assets and start to get them working. Uh, and that's usually how I start. And I just cram the next two days full of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you make sacrifices must be made. It comes out really well. Mm -hmm. uh, you do you do the hex, uh, which yeah. is fantastic. I'm I'm about maybe like probably I'm guessing like a fifth of the way through, uh, but it's fantastic. And then you, you you kind of finish the hex, and so you're looking at your next game, and you look back at sacrifices must be made, and you're like, huh, I guess maybe I should try to uh, develop this further. How? What was your process in creating what? 
becomes inscription because inscription to me, again, just opens up, has so many doorways you go through and you're just yeah. like, oh my God, I didn't realize this house had a whole nother wing of a house. Yeah, uh, sure. And so what was that, what was that process like taking sacrifices must be made and trying to expand it? Well, it kind of happened slowly over the whole course of the whole kind of roughly three-year development. Um, because when I started making sacrifice must be made bigger, my original thought was I was going to make what's called a post jam version, which is like, it's the game jam game, but it's some of those rough edges cleaned up with a bit more time, made a few more cards. And that was the first step. And then I had the idea to make uh, my next big project be a collection of three smaller games. And I thought this sacrifice must be made, which would be one of those. Cause I didn't really see how it could be a huge thing that would, you know, be my next big project. But then I was just really enjoying making it into a roguelike, which just seemed like, a good way to kind of expand it. And um, I started to have ideas on how it could get bigger and bigger. And then eventually I had the idea of the part two and part three. And then I realized at that point that this could definitely be a big project worthy of my complete attention for the whole time. And then later on, I think it was further in that I added the video. I only started shooting that in the last year. Um, And so it just bit by bit kind of sprawled out. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. So, you know, obviously... We said this in the intro, but major spoilers ahead for Inscription. I I feel like it is a game uh, that benefits from going in completely blind just because it has so many, what the actual fuck (laughs) is happening in this game? And that first moment is where... You're in, you beat Leshy. You're like, oh my God. I'll, and there's weird stuff happening that, you know, all of a sudden the cabin disappears and you're looking at a series of real life videos yeah. of a person, a human being, <laughs> opening packets of cards yeah. on like he's making a, like a fucking YouTube video. <laughs> and I was, I, my blood started coming out of my eyes. I was like, what is happening? And, and so immediately I'm in, I'm seeing this guy open packets of cards. And so, and then it transforms into a whole other game. And, and that was kind of part of my question where, when it's interesting to hear you talk about the fact you were going to make it a couple other games, because it does feel like, you know, you have PO3's mm-hmm. uh, game later on. Um, was it immediately apparent how you're going to tie them all together? And what was kind of your inspiration in doing so? It wasn't that clear how I would tie them all together. I, I think the because it, it fits really well. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's the overarching story. It's like, I can almost see you writing it all out first yeah. and then going back. So, yeah. I think that's kind of an illusion that I create. And I'm happy that you think that because I worry about how it would all fit together. I usually like make these very different things and then I try to tie them. I like think of it yeah, as a metaphor, like tying them the rope together somehow that they could all stick together. Um, and that usually it just... Uh, involves once I have these disparate things that I think are cool, trying to just think of ways to constantly bring one element from one into the other, have a common thing between them. And that's why the video um, uh, story of Luke, made, it really appealed to me when I figured that later, um, that it would it would be something that would unify like a, a, a wrapper around it all kind of. Um, so yeah, it's, it's building little parts that I think are cool. And then later, finding ways to bring them together. 
I think you've done it pretty seamlessly, yeah. at least <laughs> at least from this end. Yeah. Um, this was a game where, you know, from the very beginning, like I knew that this was a, a game that was going to fuck with me. Yeah. But I love how it has a lot of themes that are very like meta, like creepy mm-hmm. pasta, yeah. internet sort of something that just keeps on giving and keeps on evolving, which, you know, it it has similar themes in uh, Pony Island and the Hex where it is kind of like that dark, creepy. Um, it's they're never as they seem. Mm-hmm. Are there games that you've played throughout your life or is it just being like a you know, growing up being a kid on the internet, <laughs> reading too, one too many creepypastas? Yeah. Or what do you think um, influenced a lot of these themes in your games? Yeah, I think there were um, games I played along the way that I was drawing from, Portal being a big one, because um, I had gone into that blind and thinking it was just a puzzle game with the orange box. I, I was getting the orange box because I loved Team Fortress 2, and I wanted to play it on my Xbox. And then the portal came along with this guy okay whatever i'll try this and then <laughs> it really blew my mind at the time and um i think another one in that vein that i got to be completely surprised by was frog fractions the, the oh, original yeah. one um so those those definitely left to mark there's a really um i think i mentioned this once or twice before but there's this really silly old um flash-based browser game called Motherload, and it was it was a similar thing where you're you're a drilling machine on some kind of planet, and it's kind of like um, forget the Nintendo game where you drill. Uh, it's, it's, anyway, uh, Dig Dug. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And then it turns out that the corporation who's employing you is run by the devil. So, like, obviously, you can see Pony Island. That's similar there, and that was another surprise that I, I loved. So, yeah, I think those are the ones that come to mind. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And and especially with Pony Island too. And and again, I think all, all, all three of these games, the Hex as well, uh, I don't think they could not be games. I think that these are stories mm. uh, and, that are told at least in such a way where the, the video game aspect is critical to the enjoyment. I mean, in Pony Island, you know, all the letters of a menu's falling down, you have to spell out like X, you know, to get out of a part, you know, that could only happen in a game, which is yeah. great. Um, and, and especially in inscription as well. Also, I, the thing I really loved was that almost like, you know, in Portal, there's that kind of meta commentary on puzzle games. And I think like inscription is just full of this. You, know, you have the four scribes who all have different, yeah. you know, different uh, uh, perspectives on life and all these other things. Um, I-, I wanted to bring up something which is crazy awesome, but I'm too dumb to ever properly enjoy it other than watching the YouTube video. And that's the ARG that's yeah. involved with inscription. You know, so for people who don't know, ARGs are, how would you describe, I, I like to say they're ARGs because it's like, arg, I'm too dumb <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. But uh, they're they're basically... Inscription uh, kind of spills out into the real world in places mm-hmm. because there's, I knew there were, when I, you see that code uh, yeah, you know, that yeah. Luke has, uh, I, I wrote it down and I was like, I'm never going to be able to figure this out. But luckily Reddit, people on Reddit are very smart. So there's a whole real world component to this where you're putting in clues into the code and all these other things. How, first of all, is that baked in from the beginning? Second of all, how do you test that? How do you test? Because yeah. you know where the clue goes. It's real life. It's not like you can just play it over and over. How are you testing an ARG? Well, that's a good question. I can't really test it. And, <laughs> and as a result, I never know how hard I, I made something. And, and, and I luckily have some experience because I've done a similar thing for Pony Island and the Hex. And that's the best way I can 
can, can do it. But for inscription, I tried to make it really hard and I was still, I mean, people liked it, but I was a little disappointed with how quickly it all got wrapped oh up and God. resolved uh, because <laughs> I, I thought I was making it insanely difficult. Like one of the clues was a, oh, I used an old Reddit post I had made so many years ago and there was very little that would ever lead you to it. But, uh, <laughs> but Reddit will find it. Reddit will find it. Yeah. <laughs> there was something, yeah, where there was like a card you had made in another game that was like yeah. a dolphin and then that shape, like the hex number for the color. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and some of the some of the things are, uh, if I don't do a good enough job designing it, they'll kind of find the answer in, in the wrong way. And so it can be, sometimes there's a coincidence where they, find the right answer the wrong way. And it seems like they did this crazy thing, but really the solution was not quite as wild. Well, an exa- do you have an exact? It doesn't. Well, there, there was a pretty funny one where um, I, I, one of the clues for the ciphers and to decipher the secret message and description was um, floor. It basically spelled out floor. And so what I had done was hidden numbers in the floor textures, like really tiny numbers. So you had to open up, the textures and spend image viewer and then search for the numbers and they were in different floors like and in the order they appeared like the wood cabin floor and then one of the pixel art ones and then the factory po3 um and so i i thought that was great and i thought that would take them a while which is kind of what i want to kind of let give it some space so it isn't just like boom we're done um <laughs> yeah so i wanted to make it really hard but then i foolishly because i wanted to make the number be um relevant in some way. I reused a number that I had used at Pony Island just so, so it felt like, oh, what's that mean? And so when they guessed upon it, they were using this old Pony Island number. So they didn't need to find the floor textures at all. But then they justified their finding by saying it was in the game and it was in these roof texture. It, it, in the in the pixel art cabin, there's like holes in the roof. And they're trying to say that it just so happened that there were like holes in the roof that aligned to some of the numbers and so they made this justification that i had never <laughs> wait the wait the holes in the roof wasn't the real thing no that was not the real thing oh and, my and, god and silly me well it's because uh i that number 273 is repeated so they saw the 273 which is repeated and then the holes in the roof for the other two digits in that password that was a total coincidence <laughs> a happy wow. accident. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's it's funny because you know you say that uh, they they solved it a, a little bit quicker than you had anticipated, mm-hmm. but I remember stumbling upon uh, a Google Doc for the ARG and just scrolling through it. Yeah. It seems endless. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work put into figuring that. Out. <laughs> and yet, I, I I and I kind of enjoy like following along with them. But then I just wake up and they're like, oh, yeah, we just did. Like, oh, I mean, like, come on, man. You're, You're like, way behind. I, I think I, I was taking trying to take some time off and I took some time off for a weekend. And I thought when I came back on Monday that it would still be going. But when I came back on Monday, they're like, no, 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 no. Friday night, it was all over. It's done. Oh, my God. <laughs> so like, well, like, well, that's wild. Yeah. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
where working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know, going into this game and, and playing through, I, I'm a huge Magic the Gathering fan. And um, I, the way that I looked at building my deck and kind of constructing things as I go, I, I like my wolves. I'm a wolf lady. I like having them play off each other and have their strengths play together. But if you, well, what what are you drawn towards? Like if you are playing, are there certain characters or certain creatures that you're drawn towards or certain, um, you know, abilities? Uh, and also, if you had to be a card, oh, what would you be? <laughs> What's your death? And card? you're talking about, you're talking about inscription, not magic, right? Yeah. Yep, okay. Inscription. Um, well, I guess it would be more like, what did I enjoy making the most? Um, I guess if I'm playing it, I, I, I don't play it that much in an enjoyment sense. Although <laughs> it was interesting that when I first kind of did turn some knobs and got Casey's mod um, going, I actually did find that I was able to genuinely enjoy the game because it was just fresh enough for me with those mm. things changed. Nice. But that kind of wore off pretty quickly. <laughs> um, I started weeping again. Yeah. But I usually just try to find um, cool sigil combinations. Um, yeah, what did I enjoy making the most? Just cards that have really good um, flavor to them where the ability matches the card really well. Um, I'm trying to think of like a good example of that. Or even just something like simple, like the beaver it just makes dams. Like just is something satisfying about making a card like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of your favorite like storytelling tricks or tropes? in in hmm. in anything gaming or movies tv any of that stuff I'm trying to think i think there's a it might be hard to describe but it's kind of a trope of like a weird character i see it in in rick and morty where there's like sort of a weird character that seems to be kind of based on something but then perverted in a way that you're not sure anymore I, it's hard to describe like i remember like the character abradolf linkler in in the season <laughs> one of rick and morty where it's like yes He's based on Hitler and Abraham Lincoln, but he's also just kind of like weird. Like there's details about him that aren't from either of them. Like why, why did they do that? And so I, I like that kind of idea where like I'll take like it's a, it's oh, it's like a fantasy character. I'm borrowing from the trope of a wizard, but then let's just like <laughs> do stuff to obscure that and just weirden it up a bit. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and also like, it's such an interesting thing because I, I do think there are echoes as well, you know, in, in a lot of the work you've done that kind of, I think one of the, one of the reasons why I also enjoy that trope is because it kind of winks at the audience and, um, treats the audience as intelligent. Mm -hmm, it's not talking yeah. down to us. It's like saying, okay, you know who Hitler is, you know, who Abraham yeah. Lincoln is. So we already know that. And yeah. then I'm going to take that to another level, which yeah, is yeah. really great. And I think your games as well really speak to me as an audience member uh, and, and is trusting that I'm smart enough to figure it out or know kind of what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which I which I absolutely love. How did it all start for you? Like, where did you, what was your first gaming experience? Like, yeah, um, I think my first 
real game experience would have been the uh, Pokemon Red and Blue Game Boy Color. Uh, that was kind of introduced to it through um, this family friend, and I went over to their house, and one of the older kids was playing uh, playing it on the Game Boy, and we all like gathered around and were trying to like he would say, "What do you want to do next?" And like, I wasn't even like looking at the screen, but I found it so cool to be like, "Oh, you should buy a Pokeball, or you should do this." And then from then on, I started like a campaign with my parents to get me one. And I think on my birthday, we got that. And so I was completely obsessed with that uh, for years. Yeah. I don't mean to divide the internet here, but uh, your starter Pokemon? It's weird, actually. I I don't, now that you say that, I don't know if I really remember. I think Squirtle, but I I think I picked Squirtle because I got blue version and it felt right. But I I don't (laughs) actually. I'm just sticking to the theme. Yeah, yeah. I was never a poke. I don't like card game. I'm not a Pokemon guy. <laughs> yeah. Give me Mantis God all day over. Yeah. Mantis guy could shred any Pokemon. Maybe not That's Charizard, true. but could shred. Could at least stand up tall yeah. against them. Yeah. Come on, yeah. exactly. Well, how about if you were to create your own game jam and start that? What would the Daniel Mullins game jam be? What would some of the rules be? What would it was some kind of games you would like uh, to see? Jeez, I don't know. Maybe maybe like perverting older games like that'd be kind of cool just like twisted pokemon twisted zelda like um twisted dude. twisted metal black yeah. <laughs> it's twisted back to just be like a normal car game yeah no it's just metal it's just yeah. metal yeah that's yeah. it yeah it's untwisted yeah <laughs> right yeah you're just driving around an ice cream truck yeah. giving ice cream to kids is now, is there anything, are you working on something new? I'm sure you can't say anything about it if you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, w- seeing, you know, Pony Island and then uh, the hex and inscription, will you put, are we going to see any PO3, any any little <laughs> nuggets in oh, this Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Be, I like doing that at least to some degree. So it I think the next game yeah. will be, we'll have little nods to inscription for sure. It does feel like you're creating this whole Daniel Mullins world, which yeah, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. The DMU. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw someone on Reddit say the Mullins verse, and then I couldn't oh. get it out of my head. Yes. <laughs> the Mullins verse. But it's great. also, I don't really, I don't know if I want the pressure of that, because do they really all, like, how do I justify these things being in the same universe? <laughs> But see, I think it's the, I, I would say, I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like you don't have to, it's, you yeah, yeah. have justified it by making three games. Right? <laughs> yeah, and I'll let them figure out how they Yeah, go. well, exactly <laughs> like the yeah. floor, right? The floor yeah. tiles versus the ceiling, you know, yeah. the roof tiles. They'll people, make the connections. People yeah. will make those connections. And I think it, it is so cool that you've created kind of this universe uh, a little bit that fits together. Also, I'd urge everyone listening to uh, go to Daniel's Discord. It's really great. Um, you have such yeah, a uh, vibrant Discord. It has that. expanded in orders of magnitude <laughs> after inscription. Yeah. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's fantastic. My goodness. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I hate to say it. I think we're almost out of time, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, you know, we love to end. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much yeah. for coming. Yeah, out. of course. Yeah, uh, Truly. And, you know, we, we love to end uh, every interview with asking our guest their, their favorite game and their least favorite game. Uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, not in the not, you know, objectively, but just to you, a game you you just can't stand. And then we'll end on your favorite game. Okay, uh, the game I can't stand, I'm going to go, it's a, not a video game, but Cards Against Humanity. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I always disliked it, and especially disliked it because 
you sometimes go to a social gathering. I was like, oh, here we go again. Cards Against Humanity. And every time I'd be like, ah, because I just find that it's, um, I don't find it that funny. And I don't find that it really offers much creativity to you. You only have so many cards, so you don't have that many options. And then, of course, it's not competitive. I would, I don't need a game to be competitive as long as it offers like a fun, creative challenge, like, um, like a telephone pictionary, if you know those games where you like draw something and the next person writes it and draws it like it's no competition, but that's hilarious and creative, but this is neither. Uh, so that's my rant about cards. And humanity. <laughs> yeah, there we I, go. I feel you though. As soon as you see the cards, like a handful of times, you're like, Oh, yeah. like I know, I know what's coming up. I've seen yeah, this yeah. Poop, pooping back and forth forever. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Like Also, I agree. Like in terms of not letting people, like we were saying earlier, like not letting the audience be intelligent, like kind of mm-hmm. talking down to them a bit. I feel like Cards Against Humanity does that in spades. It kind yeah, of yeah. doesn't give you any room. Um, yeah. It's just like, it's kind of like if it's, if it's, yeah, exactly. If it is funny, it's because the card was already inherently funny and you just happened to draw it. Anyway, enough bragging on this yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> hour three of our rant against yeah. Courage Against Humanity. Uh, all right, so let's end on a high note. What is the game you absolutely love um, and, and why? I was just thinking I might stick on the the um, non-digital and go with um, a card game I've really been enjoying called Wingspan. Uh, it's a card slash board game about um, creating a bird, uh, I don't know what do you call it, a bird reservoir or something. And so you, wow. But it's actually, it sounds like kind of like fluffy and and nice but it's actually very technical and you kind of create these lineups of birds that combo together in different ways it's uh it, there's a digital version too but i mostly played the, the physical version so i'll go with wingspan wait a second so in wingspan uh, why am i creating my team of birds well it's like you're it's, uh, I, there's a word for this it's like it's conservation it's like a wildlife preserve i think that's what you'd call it mm-hmm. um so you're creating a wildlife preserve so the birds are kind of living on it. And as to why they combo together, I guess that's a bit abstract. But I mean, it's still like the mechanics are represented with bird things. Like they lay eggs and use the eggs and um, so on. Yeah. Oh my God. Nice. I love that. Wow. So do you, do you find that you more so lean into uh, like physical games, like board games and card games, as opposed to video games? I think I just like both. And, yeah. and this one, I guess this one is a video game too. And the, uh, mm. I, my partner got it after we played the physical version a lot and it's it's a worthy um digital like board game it's, it's really good so i'd recommend uh, getting the digital or physical version yeah wow that's cool. great yeah again you know i have to say like before inscription i was not a card game fan and now i love it so yeah uh, no, I'm in, man. i gotta <laughs> i gotta pick that up that's great yeah. fantastic and hopefully it won't be cursed in real life and yeah. uh, it won't go into my dreams. And Yeah, I think this one is pretty uncursed. It's uncursed. quite wholesome. Yeah. That's exactly what so Yeah, so, so many That's what they want you to think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. I see the And game. then the Canada Goose combo comes along. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, he's got the Canada Goose, de- goose yeah. deck. The Goose deck is the worst. Uh, well, Daniel Mullis, thank you again. And, and please, everyone, play Inscription. Play Pony Island, play The Hex. These are fantastic games that uh, really, true, truly do elevate uh, the the uh, the genre uh, to to a higher art form. Oh, thank you.
Thanks to Daniel Mullins. That was fantastic. Uh, I've already ordered Wingspan and I can't wait to play. If, if, look, if he could create magic out of a card game uh, with animals and he's saying, here's a game I like that's a card game with animals, mm-hmm. you have my money. So I've already Sold. ordered Wingspan. Uh, and again, uh, thank you to da- Daniel Mullins for showing up and uh, please go play Inscription. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Boo Pokemon. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, we're back, and it's time for my favorite thing, your favorite thing, our favorite thing, Game Book Club. That's right. We are playing a game with you, and that game is Firewatch. Ladies, it's installment two of our Firewatch Game Book Club. How are we doing? What do we think? Where are we, first of all, in the game? Well, this is, I will say, it has taken turns that I did not expect going into this game. Yes. uh, Completely, and I... I feel like I'm getting close. I feel like I've got to be around like 80%. I'm definitely nearing the end. I think I'm around that too. And I just got to the part where some something or someone like punches Henry. Oh, and yeah. that scared the shit out of me. And I almost dropped my switch on the ground because <gasps> my- I just didn't expect it. it. It terrified me. My jaw dropped. When that happened. It was so scary. Because this is a game where it feels like such a lonely game in a way. Like you are on a radio, you're, you know, you're talking to Delilah, but it's just, it's so lonely. And the only other time you like see someone is there like the the teens like off in the distance on the lake or like the, the figure at the top of the hill. So you're, it's not expected. You don't even see animals. So like. No. Yeah, it was very jarring, and I almost broke my switch because of um, it. But I totally agree. I, I it was a really fun moment of like the whole time I've been feeling kind of dread, mm-hmm. but then for something to actually like that happen, I was like, yeah, I screamed. It was like crazy, um, which is wild because I love normally like jump scares don't get me um, that that, and I was like, oh my god, it was a great moment. The tension is starting to build. I'm starting to get really nervous. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I'm wondering, like, what is going to happen? Like, how is this going to all resolve? Like, it feels wild what's going on. Yeah. Um, and once again, big shout out to the music. Graphics mm-hmm. are beautiful. I'm just loving the voice acting. Um, really, oh, really sure. great. Um, although I will say, I, f- I don't know if you guys are feeling this way. I feel like it's, like, pushing me towards trying to like flirt with Delilah and I'm not having it. That's how I feel. And I don't like it at all. I'm the same. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm a loyal bitch. I've been trying to like, (laughs) I I picked up my wedding ring. I put it on. Like I I'm taking a very respectable route. And yeah, I feel like I am kind of being guided in that. that And I'm like back off Delilah. I know. (laughs) Me too. I feel the same way. I'm not, I'm not liking that, you know, because there's like some options. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but some of the, 
some of the options are like, okay, it'll give you like three things to say to Delilah, like, oh, wish I could see you or look through my binoculars. You're looking cute. Or do you like these shorts? And I just won't answer. Yeah. I just, yeah. Just, the timer will go down. It'll, I just won't answer. And then she'll be like, wait, she's like, uh, wait, what, what do, did you have something you wanted to tell me? I don't answer. Like, you know, nah, it's like, I nah, just say nothing. <laughs> And by the way, that's I'm, how I, that's how I'm in real life. When, when women perfect. try to talk to me, I just don't answer. And I just, just like, <laughs> I'll take plastic bags. Thank you. <laughs> like, I wonder what would happen if you just went like full on. Just full straight on into flirt mode. Like, yeah. yeah. I wonder. Because um, yeah. it, it's also really interesting that we all took the same approach. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> We're all just good people. Aww. You know that there's some people playing this game, though, who are like, how do I send a dick pic through a walkie-talkie? Oh, my god! got to be a way, right? It's like, hey, Delilah, check this out. But it's like, yeah, so anyway, I don't, I will say I'm not liking that. I'm wondering how the third act is going to, how mm-hmm. they're going to, if they're going to stick the landing, how that's going to go. Because here's the other thing I'll say, which is really interesting and maybe too deconstructy. But, you know, there hasn't been, and to your point, like, there hasn't been, like, like any animals, there hasn't been like a lot of movement. So I do wonder how are they going to ratchet up the tension without showing us like a moving, like moving figures or something. Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah. I, it's, yeah. It's all so far th- done through dialogue and, and music and sound effects, but like at some point, right. At some point yeah. someone's going to pop out or something. I don't know. For a game again, that feels so lonely and it feels like such a singular experience yeah. and there's not a lot of, you know, other like external I don't know, influences besides yeah. being on a radio. Yeah. How are they going to button this all up? Yeah. And put a, it's put weird. a bow on it. There was one cool, really cool moment where you wake up in the middle of the night. Do you remember that? And you mm-hmm. go to the thing. Jen, has this happened to you? If not, I won't say it. I, no, I think it has. And you go to the thing and you're like, and it's Julia. You're like, Julia? Like, yes. hello? Like, and I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. is this happening? Is there like a ghost? Like what's happening? You know, and they only have done that kind of once so far. And, but I'm like, maybe, th- maybe I'm going crazy or something or something's going to happen, you know? So I was like, that could be an interesting way um, that maybe they might stick to But I'm, I'm excited to find out what they do. Yeah, I'm curious. And also that's an interesting moment to bring up too, because I wonder just the different paths that you could take. And if you didn't mention Julia at all, right. that would have been the one moment oh. that would have made her part of a conversation, you yeah. know? That's a good point. Huh. Interesting. Well, here's the question. Does Delilah really exist? That's where I'm at. Uh, That's where I'm at. Uh, That's the Julia thing made me think. I was like, is this all just Delilah? Does Henry have dementia? Like, you know? Yeah, exactly. The other thing I'm thinking, like, is okay, like, is Delilah real, right? That's a question. The Julia thing made me think, like, maybe she's not, and, and he's just talking to himself. Is, are we even out there in the wilderness? Yeah, Mm. I'm skeptical. To your point, Jen, like, are are we the ones with dementia? Are we in the hospital, right? I haven't seen any animals. That's the thing. Hmm. So, and everything seems kind of perfect, you know, like in the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in his like in whatever in in the world and all this stuff, it all seems kind of besides the raging fire, but we'll <laughs> right. But also like even that is like far away in the mm-hmm. distance. Maybe it's like so I saw the raging fire. I was like, maybe it's like the heater is on too hot in this hospital room. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Like really interesting, right? Uh-huh. Like, wait a second, like what's going on? So I'm interested to see. I'm trying to think of ways, and I wish my 
stupid brain didn't do this, like try to figure out the narrative <laughs> as I'm doing it. But like, I, I'm wondering like what's real, what's not. I love unreliable narrator games and books and stories and stuff. So we're going to, we're going to see, we're going to see. We'll what, see. Uh, yeah. So, so um, next week we'll wrap it up. That's right. So yes, everyone, everyone catch up. Yeah. We're going to finish the game before next week's episode. So do that with us and play along with us. And I have to say like Largo Sensei uh, on Twitter also said, I absolutely love how organic the entire experience was worth replaying, especially in different phases of our own lives. Hmm. And that's a cool way. Because again, like I will say, I am finding things, especially in that opening, how it made oh, me yeah. kind of have all the feels, yes. you know, like, and I think if I was playing this when I was younger, I would have been like, eh, this guy sucks, you know, but now I'm like, that's really sweet, you know, so. <laughs> and yeah, it it's, it's difficult decisions right off the bat. And yeah, I wonder how I would answer like 10 years, you know, 10 years younger and 10 years older. Yeah. Dumper, man, move on. Who cares? You know, like Jesus, <laughs> like, you know, I'm just be a terrible person. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, So uh, the last installment of Game Book Club for Firewatch will happen next week's episode. Uh, Yes. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, everybody catch up. Catch up. We're almost there. And uh, start thinking of maybe what you'd want to do next in Game Book Club. Any other games you have in mind. Uh, But that's it. You get the final update next week, and that's it for this week. So be sure to follow us at Good Game Nice Try on Twitter. Tweet us with all of your thoughts, your Firewatch updates, and everything else, and we'll see your beautiful faces next week. And let me know if you guys agree about Pokemon, because I think those names are lame. I'm not a fan. I want a new one. I'm new, not new scared name. of anti-Pokemon tweets or pro-Pokemon <laughs> tweets. So we hit us up them all. <laughs> at Good Game Nice Try. I want to know. I, I, I'm not the only person in the world that hates Pokemon. I know I'm not. I know hates, I'm not. Hates a strong word, Aaron. And it's one that I chose very carefully. <laughs> uh, that's right. So anyway, and I know you guys both hate me for that opinion, but whatever. Um, Good Game, Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Eduardo Perez with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. Special thanks to Lisa Berm. Music by John Danik. And Charizard is not a real thing. It's not a real thing. It's a fake animal. Take that back. It's real in my it's, heart. It's, yeah, well, your heart is full of blood. And so take it back. Take it back. Damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs>